Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. Welcome to the premiere episode of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast for Ring of Honor Wrestling. This is Kevin Eck from ROHWrestling.com, and I will be your host as we talk in-depth with ROH talent and others about Ring of Honor and other subjects as well. Now, we in Ring of Honor have discussed the idea of doing an ROH podcast for quite a while, but with ROH uh, taking a break from doing live events because of COVID-19 at this point, it seemed like the perfect time to stop talking about doing a podcast and to actually do a podcast. And for our first guest, I knew we needed a true heavyweight in Ring of Honor. And I mean heavyweight in every sense of the word. So there was only one man, or should I say one villain, who fits the bill. And that, of course, is the villain, Marty Skrull. Marty, welcome to the ROH Strong Podcast. Hello, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, get this podcast on the way. And uh, yeah, what a, what a perfect time for it. Absolutely. And, and, and speaking of this time, obviously, these are crazy times that we're living in with uh, stay-at-home orders and, and quarantining. So first question I just have to ask you is, is how are you coping uh, with this you know, new normal for us right now? Uh, what are you doing to pass the time to keep busy? Uh, what's going on in the Villain Enterprises headquarters, a.k.a. your living room? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because um, I've been wrestling for such a long time now. And I, you know, I've spent just hours upon days, upon weeks, upon months, uh, just on the road, you know, for, for years and years and years. Uh, I think the longest break I've ever had of wrestling was when I, um, I think it was back in 2014, I separated my uh, AC joint in my shoulder and I took about three months off. Um, but other than that, this would be the longest period, uh, you know, I've had off wrestling. I mean, obviously I'm still, uh, you know, working for Ring of Honor pretty much daily, but in terms of traveling, going on the road, um, obviously that's not possible right now. So yeah, it's been, I mean, if anything, if I can take positives out of it, it's, you know, it's nice to rest my body. You know, wrestling is very demanding on the body. Uh, it's nice not to be sat on an airplane, um, you know, every week, you know, there was a time just before the, um, the lockdown started happening where I'd somehow managed to take like seven flights in six days or something. And, uh, you know, my, my schedule uh, became very intense, um, you know, especially after I took the new role at Ring of Honor. Uh, but obviously, that's what I wanted. I, I thrive on being busy. So it's unusual to be home. It's, uh, it, it's different. Um, you know, for myself personally, I've mainly, you know, my dog is loving it. Winston, the villain, is loving it because he's getting a lot of uh, um, father-son time. So he's been walked all day long. <laughs> uh, fortunately, um, you know, uh, I live in Florida, so it's, you know, the, the sun is out most days. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I've just, I'm moving, I'm in the process of moving house. So obviously, you know, that takes up a lot of time. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been, I have been keeping busy. There's, there's not been any point where I've been bored at all uh, during this whole thing, but it's certainly unusual for me. It's certainly, uh, you know, a bizarre time. And obviously, um, anyone that's listening, um, you know, that's affected by all this, which is everyone, I assume, you know, uh, you know, my thoughts go out to everyone. Um, you know, <laughs> I know it's, um, 
this could be quite a uh, stressful and uh, struggling time for a lot of people. So I just hope that everyone is uh, coming together. I hope everyone is staying safe. And uh, I, 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 you know, I have a feeling we're going to come out of this, you know, sort of much stronger than we were going into it. So, uh, yeah, it's just it, it's just a crazy time, Kevin. Well, let, let's go back. The last time ROH um, had shows scheduled, it was the weekend of March 13th in Las Vegas with obviously the 18th anniversary show and then the past versus present show, uh, which is going to take place the next night. Now, I know at least some of the talent for those shows was already there in Vegas and others were en route to being there. Mm. Uh, so just go back. Let's take us back. Uh, what was the why was the decision ultimately made to cancel the shows first? And uh, was there any discussion to possibly doing the shows in an empty arena, as we've seen some uh, some other promotions do? Yes. So I'm trying to go from my memory here. I believe the night before the shows got cancelled was when um, they announced lockdown or at least maybe they announced, uh, you know, no mass gatherings over 50 people, whatever it was. So it's kind of hard to remember now because it keeps changing all the time. Yeah. But either way, I was on the uh, I was on the flights to uh, Vegas and uh, you know, uh, when I left in the morning, I remember texting um, sort of the Ring of Honor office and being like, are we still going ahead with this? And they're like, right, right as of now, yeah. Like, as of now, right. I was like, okay, because it's five in the morning here. I really don't want to fly to Vegas, you know, two flights if it's going to be cancelled. Um, and yeah, at first, you know, that, that the, you know, the president had made these announcements the night before. And I was like, oh, man, like, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to run this show. Um, and it was funny because everyone I was speaking to at first, I think everyone was kind of, you know, like, oh no, we should still run the shows. Like we've got a lot of fans coming from, you know, from far and all the rest of are traveling and whatnot. But as the events kind of unfolded through the day and more and more stuff kept coming out, uh, quickly people, you know, just, you know, their, uh, ideas sort of changed to, um, you know, oh, actually maybe this isn't a, a good idea to run this show. And I think, uh, you know, when they said, okay, we're going on lockdown. Um, I was just like, guys, like, you know, we can't, we can't, it, was, it broke my heart, but I was like, we can't run these shows, you know, like this is way bigger than pro wrestling. Like that would be so irresponsible for us, um, you know, to run a wrestling show and put our fans, you know, talent, uh, our fans um, health at risk and our talent and our staff's health at risk. And ultimately the decision was made that, you know, it's it really wouldn't be a good idea to run these shows and obviously that disappointed you know a lot of people but i can promise you this no one was more heartbroken than myself because these were even though i've been sort of um you know hands-on with the shows since january i felt like these were really like my first shows that i had kind of full control of and i put a lot of like so many hours and time and, and thought into these shows we had you know, obviously the past versus present show, which is, you know, a concept I came up with where I'd had a bunch of, you know, uh, Ring of Honor past stars, some of them coming out of retirement, some of them that had been training for months to get in shape and get into ring shape. Um, you know, I had a lot of surprises in store for that weekend, a lot of new and exciting things. And, uh, you know, I wanted so badly for those shows to happen. And, uh, but ultimately, um, you know, it, it wasn't worth putting, you know, people's lives at risk you know we've got to be responsible <laughs> we've got to you know make smart decisions um so no um 
yeah, the decision was made. Okay, you know, we need to cancel it. Obviously, we still had a lot of talent coming there, and you know, we discussed about doing empty arena shows and everything else. And it, we actually did film uh, a handful of matches, uh, you know, with no fans, with some of the talent that was there, um, just to see how it would look and if we could make something from it. But I didn't want to, you know, especially with this past this present show, I didn't want to have these guys who you know haven't wrestled for ring of one for years or coming out of retirement to have to put them through wrestling in front of no fans you know i thought this is something special so let's let's save this concept you know for when we can run properly again and plus as well i didn't want any any wrestlers that hadn't left that yet i didn't want them you know making the trip if they if they didn't have to you know it's like it's not worth you coming all this way and you know god forbid something happens to you. I was like, we can't. So for example, like Slex had made it, he was flying from Melbourne, Australia, and had made it all the way to Los Angeles. And, uh, and he was like, what should I do? And I was like, I was like, mate, I really think you should just turn around and fly back home. Cause you know, he has a, a wife and kids and what if he flew to Vegas and then got stuck in Vegas, you know, cause so much was going on. I was like, you know, I think, I think it was the night before they were, they were canceling, um, uh, travel from Europe to the to, to the States and you know I was just like oh if domestic flights get cancelled now like the last thing I want is talent getting stuck in yeah. Las Vegas which is very crowded you know so um, no I, we made the right decision I know uh, you know some fans are disappointed but ultimately we 100% made the right decision yeah I think you're right I think looking in on site and it was I think it was disappointing for everyone associated with Ring of Honor for the fans but I think then you take a step back and you realize it, it really was the smart thing to do um, for all involved for the talent for the fans the crew for, for everyone um, really uh, you mentioned uh, you, you've hinted a couple times here about the new role that you have in Ring of Honor and I'm definitely going to get to that uh, in, a, in, a, in a few minutes but I, first I wanted to ask you about um, obviously, Marty, there's, there's a, there was a ton of speculation about you for months and months, and months uh, with your contract. Let me, let me take you back to uh, December 15th, 2018, uh, the 2300 Arena in Florida. That night, the Elite, Cody, the Young Bucks, Adam Page made their final appearance in Ring of Honor. And that was the same night you debuted Villain Enterprises with, obviously, PCO and Brody King. And you had a great line that night that all your friends have left you, but that didn't mean you couldn't make new ones. Um, as I said, it was no secret you had months left on your contract. But I think most fans, or at least a large majority of them, thought it was a foregone conclusion that when your time is up in Ring of Honor, you're going to be joining your friends in AEW or possibly going to WWE. But as we all know, and we're all thankful here in Ring of Honor, you resigned with Ring of Honor. So, two-part question. How strongly did you consider going to AEW or WWE, and why did you ultimately choose to stay with Ring of Honor? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I feel like I've kind of given an insight to this uh, previously. Um, but what I think it comes down to is, um, you know, a big part of it is loyalty. You know, like Ring of Honor gave me such a big uh, opportunity uh, back in the day when they signed me, it really kind of changed my life for the better. And, you know, they've always been so good to me, um, you know. And I think that's kind of like a lost thing, it seems like, in wrestling now is, is loyalty, you know. I understand this is a business, but at the same time, you know, I feel like loyalty is a big part of it. And, you know, ultimately as well, it came down to um, opportunity. You know, I figured, uh, 
you know, obviously I definitely considered, um, you know, competing for AEW, uh, you know, Young Bucks, uh, you know, Hangman, you know, Cody, Kenny, they're, you know, they are some of my best friends. I talk to the Bucks and Hangman pretty much daily, still to this day. Um, but for me, you know, I've always liked to take a different route. I've always liked to stand out. And, you know, I thought, okay, so everyone expects me to go to AEW. Like, why don't I do something different? You know, why do I, maybe it's time that, you know, I stand on my own two feet and, and you know, do something else. And I've always had such a, I always feel like I've had such a uh, creative mind and get so much enjoyment and satisfaction out of uh, being creative. And so, you know, when the opportunity arose to, to, you know, have a hand in, you know, in the creative and everything else, for me, it was just too much of a good opportunity to turn down. You know, I was like, I could just be a wrestler in AEW, which I'm sure would be great. Um, or, you know, maybe I can take something like Ring of Honor and, you know, <laughs> make it in my vision and, um, you know, help the wrestling scene. You know what I mean? Like, I figured that was a big part of it as well. It's like, you know, they're controlling AEW. Maybe I can be here helping Ring of Honor, you know, and take them to the next level. Um, so for me, that was a big, that was probably the biggest part of it. I just wanted to, you know, I can't wrestle forever <laughs> as much as I'd like to. Um, <laughs> so I got to think of different routes, what I can do. And ultimately this was my dream, you know, uh, you know, when I was, a, when I was a kid, it was playing with my wrestling figures and making my own cards and, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my figure fed. And now I'm an adult. I get to do that, but with uh, real people. <laughs> but for, for me, that was much more satisfying, you know, um, creating something as a whole package rather than just focusing on myself, having a whole company to focus on and like being able to help talents, being able to change talents' lives in terms of getting them jobs, whatever it might be. Um, you know, that, you know, that was, it was just an opportunity I couldn't turn down. I mean, who knows? Like, um, you know, I can always, I can always wrestle, but this opportunity, you know, doesn't come by every day. So, yeah, I mean, it, it took a lot of consideration. Um, but ultimately, I decided to uh, stay with Ring of Honor. And it's funny how, you know, a lot of fans are like, what? No, like, you, or, you know, you go to AW or go to this place or go to that place. It's like, damn, like, like these fans don't believe in loyalty either. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm being loyal to the company that gave me all these opportunities. So I hope people can uh, appreciate right. that. But no, I think, um, you know, I think a lot of the fans were, uh, uh, you know, happy that I stayed at Ring of Honor. And I think, you know, a lot of the, uh, the, the things that I've done so far in Ring of Honor, the fans have been happy with. And yeah, it's, um, you know, it's just an awesome, awesome uh, chance for me to be, creative and uh you know so far it's been great obviously it's not been the best timing with everything that's happened right now but no um ultimately very happy with my choice absolutely well like you just alluded to uh it, it's we were only a few months into uh sort of i guess the marty Skrull uh era of, of being the book and ring of honor before you know obviously we've had to shut things down for a little while but uh just in those few months that we've had can you talk about um how has that transition been and uh, to, to moving on into this new role. Uh, and maybe can you explain, you know, peel the curtain back a little bit. How does the creative process work uh, since you've taken over? Well, you know, it's been a 24-7 it, job, if I'm honest with you. Uh, you know, I'm constantly working. I'm constantly, you know, I wake up in the morning and I have, you know, 100 
text messages and emails and everything to sort out. Um, so I'm very hands-on, you know, super duper hands-on, not just with the creative, but everything that goes into this product, you know, I think, uh, you know, even though Ring of Honor is a big company, um, you know, it doesn't have a million people working for it. So I kind of have to wear every hat in terms of, you know, everything that goes out, you know, whether it be the content, uh, the shows, uh, everything that goes into running a wrestling company, uh, you know, I'm doing right now. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've got to thank, uh, Joe Coffer having that faith and trust in me. That was another reason why I stayed as well. Just like, you know, the amount of sort of trust and faith that Jokov had in me, you know, I was really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess I was almost taken back by, it, you know, it meant a, a lot to me. Um, but in terms of, uh, creative, you know, it's, it's difficult coming in, um, to creative because there's so much stuff you want to do right away. But obviously there's already like a foundation of creative that's already been done before you. So you kind of need to, you know, finish that stuff off and everything else. Um, which is why I was super excited to get, you know, through March, April, May, and then, you know, really come out of a bang in, uh, in June with all kind of new stuff. Um, but in terms of the uh, creative, you know, it's, it's not just me. There's a handful of guys. Um, and, you know, ultimately, we, we were just trying to come up with the, uh, the ways to keep the fans, the, you know, the most engaged and the most excited. Uh, I'm a big believer in making you know, big things happen on every single show, not having any B shows, you know, making sure there's always something that shocks people, making sure there's just, you know, we call ourselves the best wrestling on the planet. So my aim is to try and achieve that every single show. And I think, you know, having, uh, you know, <laughs> the previous uh, booker, Hunter Johnson, who's still, who is still booking now, um, you know, has always done a great job, but I think having sort of fresh, you know, fresh eyes on it, fresh, uh, you know, sorry, new eyes, um, fresh ideas is, is, is helpful to them. So no, it's, um, you know, it's, it's trying to work out, it's trying to work out like business strategies, trying to work out, um, what works best and then, you know, putting it into a uh, tuition, but no, um, it's been an adjustment, but I have previously helped out. I think a lot of people know this. I've helped out a lot creatively with other companies back in the day, and it's always something that I've, you know, wanted to do. So, uh, no, it's, it's like right now, like I said, it's been nice not to have to travel every week, but I'm just so eager to get back to work and so easy, eager to make a splash of Ring of Honor. All right. He is the villain, Marty Skrull. I'm baby-faced, I guess, Kevin X. <laughs> Actually, I'm just plain old vanilla Kevin X. And we will be right back after this brief break. More with Marty Skrull. <laughs> Honor Nation, we heard you. Fantastic matches from Ring of Honor's 2010 archive are now exclusively on Honor Club. We live history such as Tyler Black's championship run, Kevin Steen versus El Generico, the rise of Kenny Omega, the Kings of Wrestling versus the Briscoes, Roderick Strong, Christopher Daniels, Colt Cabana, and more. Sign up today at rohonorclub.com as we continue to add historic events from 2002 to 2010. Welcome back to the ROH Strong Podcast with the villain, Marty Skrull. Marty, you were talking about uh, being the booker now in Ring of Honor, how the, uh, booking is something you've always had an interest in. Uh, but it always, it makes for an interesting dynamic, right? When a top talent is also the booker. Like we've seen a lot of this in pro wrestling in years past. Dusty Rhodes and the Crockett promotions, right? There's a lot of debate as to whether ultimately that was a good thing or a bad thing. 
going way back in the day uh, to the, the AWA and Vern Gagne. Vern owned the AWA and also booked himself to be the world champion for like, <laughs> I think, 13 years in a 20-year period. Uh, so it, it's a tough position, and you're in that position now because you are the booker, but there's no denying you're also one of the most overperformers in the company, and ROH needs you to still be a top guy, but you don't want it to seem like you're pushing yourself out of ego or keeping others down. So how do you balance that and make it work? Yeah, and that's a great question. Um, I think, like you said, like, um, you know, I think uh, what I've achieved in, in Ring of Honor kind of speaks for itself. So, you know, for example, you know, I was, it's not too much of an awkward position in the sense that, like, I was booked as a top guy beforehand. There's no reason for that to stop. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I was, I was an undercard guy. Then I became Booker and now I'm world champion all of a sudden. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. So I don't, you know, I'm always going to make the best decisions, not for myself, but for the company. So, for example, if me, you know, being world champion is best for the company at the time, then we will do that, you know, despite what my other roles might be. Um, you know, like <laughs> at the end of the day, the fans are going to tell you if they believe something or not. Do you know what I mean? If someone is champion that they don't believe should be champion, then they're going to let you know. Um, but for example, if I'm booked on top right now, I don't think any of the fans are going to say, oh, why is he on top? He shouldn't be there. Um, so no, like it's, it, it, I understand, you know, a wrestler being a booker, maybe it's uh, a somewhat conflict of interest, but at the same time, you know, where do you get these bookers from? You know, like, it's not like people can go to university and train how to be a booker. The only way you can, you know, be prepared for this job is to have years and years of experience in, in the business, you know, uh, and that's something that I have. And, uh, you know, I've been all over the world. I've, you know, wrestled with, you know, just pretty much every big star in the world today. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of experience and wisdom in this job. You know, I've been a fan since I was, a, you know, <laughs> since I was a young kid. So I've, so I've studied this, you know, my whole entire life, um, you know, every day for my whole entire life. I've been studying this business. So, uh, no, um, I, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm in a great position uh, to help this company. And I think the other thing is as well, the main thing I would like to add is that I, I, you know, maybe more than, I won't say anyone, but I have, you know, Ring of Honor's best interests, uh, you know, at heart. That's the that's the main thing. I want the company to succeed, and I have to now because my name's on the line. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, you know, I don't have any ulterior motives. You know, I want this company to succeed, and you know, at the moment, it's a case of, you know, I want this company to succeed more than I want myself to succeed. But obviously, we're a partnership now; we should succeed together. Um, but no, it's. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it's definitely, um, I was definitely taken aback at first at sort of how much work, uh, you know, I have to do. Uh, like I said, it was just 24 hours just working all day. But, you know, that's my choice. I, like, I'm putting my heart into this company. I want it to be the absolute best it can be. So I have to, you know. It's, I, a, cliche. I to... it's a cliche, but it really is a labor of love when you love it, what you do. It really is. And like I said, it doesn't feel like work to me because... You know, I, I love doing it. You know, I love um, helping this company grow and everything else. So, it, yeah, it's it, it really is a dream job. Um, and, yeah, my, 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 my heart, my passion is in this company. And I, I want it to succeed more than anything. So, and I think that's important to have, you know, 
someone like that uh, positioned as a booker as opposed to someone who just sort of sees it as, a, as another job, you know? Sure, absolutely. Well, you alluded to the fact that, you know, if it were best for business, um, if Marty Skrull being world champion is best for business, that's what we'll do. So let's let's go down that rabbit hole for a second, because um, there's a lot of fans who, you know, I hear them, I see them on social media. They believe that the ROH office, I guess, um, either dropped the ball or they were missing the boat, being unfair to you, whatever, that you haven't been made the ROH world champion by now, whether it was at G1 Supercard at MSG. I'm sure you've heard it, Marty. A lot of people thought you should have came out with the title that night. Uh, so let's set the record straight. I mean, you've heard that talk. What would you say to people that have that opinion? Well, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, good things come to those who wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, would it have been nice to have been world champion by now? I mean, absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, um, I'm not, you know, I don't have an ego when it comes to those type of things, you know, like I just want uh, what is best for the business as opposed to what is best for myself. Uh, in terms of the, the event that you spoke about, like uh, MSG, um, I think there was obviously a lot of fans that wanted to see me win and, you know, <laughs> they wanted that moment. And so, you know, maybe it might have been an idea to give them to it, you know, give them it, but like, Obviously, that wasn't my day. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean they're not going to get it later. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say it was uh, dropping the ball. At the same time, I think, um, you know, as, much, as many fans there were that wanted to see me win the title, you know, uh, Matt Taven, who, uh, you know, won the title, he has such a huge following. So there was a lot of people that were excited about that. And I think, you know, his time over Ring of Honor, he's more than deserved yeah, he's been there a lot longer than I have and more than deserve his title run. And I think he did a really good job with it. And actually, I feel like even though he's had a title run, he's not the champion anymore. I still think there's like untapped potential with Matt Taven. I honestly think he can go on to do like really big things. He already has in this company, but I think even bigger and brighter things in this company. But no, it, you know, it would have been nice uh, to win the title. And I'm sure a lot of the fans would want that moment. But they didn't get it then, but maybe they'll get it later. So who knows, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a hard position as well. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's a, without, you know, peeling back the, uh, <laughs> sorry, without peeling it back too much. Like it's, it was a hard, it was a hard spot for, for the company because obviously they knew my contract was expiring. So, you know, how do you put your number one title on a guy that you don't know, you don't necessarily know you're going to have. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a really, it's a really tough spot for them, you know. So no, it's it, you know, it's it's one of those things. But you know, it, it's how do I put this? Mm, it, it it might come eventually. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, good things come to those who wait. Absolutely. Uh, well, well, well put, Mark. Mm. Um, let, let's go back again to that that show at MSG. It was obviously such a huge moment uh, for this company. Um, and, you know, we were coming off a really successful 2018 as well. 2018 was a big year for ROH. But let's be fully transparent. After MSG, business did go down some uh, since then. I don't think we're, you know, revealing any, um, you know, that's a big scoop. So uh, what in your mind, now that you are in this position, what do you think are the keys to kind of turning things around for Ring of Honor? We know this business is cyclical. Ring of Honor has been written off, as you know, many times in the past. Um, 
what can we do to turn things around? What do we need to do better? What things are we already doing, uh, do you think, to turn th things around? Basically, I guess, why should lapsed viewers give ROH another look? Well, you know, um, like you said, this business goes round in circles and business goes up, business goes down. Like we've been in business now for 18 years. So, of course, you know, there's going to be times when the when business is up and when business is down. It's just the nature of the beast, you know. But what I will say is this, is that uh, everybody loves a comeback story, you know. And um, no, I think, you know, Ring of Honor, you know, they. the good thing is, is, you know, they realized, uh, you know, uh, maybe some mistakes they might have made before and, you know, they've done their best to fix them and implement them. And, uh, you know, obviously by managing to, to keep myself and get myself in this new role, um, you know, <clears throat> I think uh, they've made the correct steps in, in going forward and, and growing the company uh, and realizing sort of those mistakes and, uh, and yeah, and fixing them. So, uh, you know, moving forward, like I don't like to, dwell too much in the past um but i almost feel like to be honest with you this this whole time period where we're kind of not running shows i almost feel like it's like a it's a reset it's like a clean slate and you know i have just so many ideas uh you know moving forward it's it honestly it really <laughs> eats me alive that i didn't get the chance to do these shows like uh, the Supercard of Honor and uh, the War of the Worlds because we had so much uh, really, really good stuff, um, you know, in the pipelines. But I think like, kind of like I touched upon before, with our tagline being uh, the best wrestling on the planet, my goal is to achieve that. And, you know, <laughs> that, that, that encounters a lot of things, not just putting on the best wrestling, but being the best presentation. You know, I really want to give the wrestlers more spotlight so you know the, you know the fans can get to know the wrestlers better and, and care more about the talents and want to watch them and want to see them win um you know there's a lot of stuff with the presentation that i'm you know hoping to to make different whether that be making it more of a sports-based product more realistic and everything else then that's the route we're going to go um you know i think a lot of people saw the changes already that you know with the uh you know, the pure title that we were debuting, uh, the woman's title that we were debuting, uh, a lot of talents that would be brought in. You know, that's another thing I'd love Ring of Honor to get back to is to be this collection of the biggest stars in the world. And me personally, like, I feel like I'm a great person to pick them because I've wrestled all over the world. You know, there's, there's guys I've worked with in places like Japan or Australia that maybe ring of honor was unaware of before but you know i have that experience so like I'm, I'm bringing the best talents from around the world into this company and i think that's what i want it to be i want it to be a showcase of the stars i want it to be you know <coughs> i want the wrestling to be the focal point um you know and i want us to be undeniable in terms of that like you know putting on these uh matches that you know that's what ring of honor was always known for so you know i want to do that but you know times 10 um no, there's a lot of plans, uh, you know, ready to go out. It's just, I guess we're just waiting right now. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm okay. ready to come out all guns blazing. But uh, no, honestly, I really feel like the future is so bright for Ring of Honor. I'm so optimistic. There's so many exciting talents out there that haven't had exposure yet that we're, you know, getting ready to give that platform to. Um, so no, you know, there's, you know, obviously in wrestling, there's, a, you know, it's, there's a lot of... Uh, 
competitors out there now. You know, you've got WWE doing their thing. You have AEW, you have New Japan, uh, NWA. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, a lot of these fans, you know, they still want alternatives, you know. And if we can fill a void that another company is not filling, then, you know, that that's obviously going to be a positive. So, no, I'm, I'm very excited. I have so much in store um, for the company. So, uh, yeah, I'm really hoping... Once we get back in the swing of things, that uh, people are gonna, you know, see it, and uh, yeah, people are gonna be super excited about Ring of Honor. Well, Marty, I will say this, and uh, yes, I, people can say I'm biased because I, you know, I work for the company. But mm-hmm. I, if you look at this roster that we have right now, from top to bottom, uh, look, there have been some really great people that passed through Ring of Honor over the years. Some of the biggest stars in the business, obviously, have come through. Yeah. But when you look at just the number of people on the roster right now, from top to bottom, there's so much talent. Absolutely. I mean, what a, what a, as a booker, this must almost, I mean, you talk about a dream job. I mean, certainly the cupboard is not bare when you walk into that locker room. And I want to say this too, from someone who has been behind the scenes and I've worked for some other, you know, companies, not to take anything away from anyone else, but I, you know, again, people are going to think this is a cliche or whatever, but like, they're all good people. Like when people say, oh, it's like a family in the locker room and people kind of roll their eyes. I really see that in Ring of Honor. I don't see a lot of, I mean, obviously everyone in the business has an ego, but I don't see any egos out of control. I see a lot of people who want to work together, who have pride in the company, want to help each other out. I mean, is, is that what, is that how you see things? Well, absolutely. And, and you know, and they're the type of people that I want on my team is, is, is team players, you know, people's whose goal is to ultimately put on the best product rather than, you know, what's best for themselves, you know? And I feel like with Ring of Honor, there is that kind of high moral where everyone wants the company to succeed. People want to put on the best shows, um, you know, and, you know, if I'm being honest, you know, we're not as big as a company like WWE. We don't have the money. So we need that high, you know, morale amongst, you know, the guys and the girls um, to be the best that we can be, you know? Um, and I really, I really do believe that we have it. And, uh, you know, everyone who's here wants it to be a success, you know, like I'm not sure if you can say the same for other wrestlers and, you know, other companies, not naming other names, but you know, everyone who's there wants to be there and, you know, wants it to be a success. So that's definitely, uh, you know, a big helping hand in us being successful. Absolutely. You mentioned uh, bringing in talent from around the world and uh, you did mention new Japan pro wrestling specifically. So let me ask you about that. I think, um, obviously, we had the huge show together, uh, ROH and, and New Japan, at uh, MSG last year. And mm-hmm. we've always had a strong relationship with New Japan. It seemed like after G1 Supercard, there weren't quite as many uh, New Japan wrestlers appearing on ROH shows. Uh, people weren't really sure what that relationship was anymore. But since you have uh, taken your current role, um, all this obviously, it's at the Supercard show that ended up not happening because of the pandemic. We had a lot of New Japan talent. We had uh, you against Jay White. We had Will Ospreay and all types of people on the show. Uh, so what ha- have you been the one to sort of facilitate that relationship becoming stronger again? Um, yeah, I'd like to think so. I mean, I think the relationship with New Japan, I think there's kind of a misconception that it like broke down or whatever it might be. I really don't think that was the case. It was just we had a lot of you know scheduling uh, 
conflict. Um, you know, New Japan running a lot more in the States, but often, you know, it would be the same time as when we were running. So, for example, um, if they were in the States running a show and they'd, you know, want myself or any other Ring of Honor talent, um, it wasn't something we could quite do, um, you know, because obviously we need the guys for our shows, you know. And at the same time, in terms of them, you know, them lending us talent, um, you know, they have their own market as well. You know, they've got to come here um, you know, and draw with their guys. So, you know, for a little time period, maybe it didn't work out so much. But no, it was one of the first things that I wanted to make sure that uh, I fixed and make sure that both companies could benefit from a relationship, which I think, I think the companies definitely do. But most importantly, I think the fans, you know, benefit from that. So one of the first thing I, I did when I got my new role was to rig up New Japan, explain to them everything and, go, you know, start making things happen and start this working relationship to really be uh, a working relationship. Because at the end of the day, that's something we can do to really stand out amongst, you know, all the other companies is that we can provide them these dream matches. You know, if we're working with a New Japan or we're working with the NWA, fans love interpromotional stuff, you know. Like, you always see people daydreaming about, you know, what the possibilities could be. And it's like, if the fans want it, let's give them to it. You know, let's give, let's give the fans what they want. Um, you know, I don't, I don't understand why, you know, companies have to be so territorial. Like, cause at the end give of the, the day, fans, give the fans what they want, Marty. That's, that's <laughs> you're never going to last in this business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, no, it's the thing. It's like, you know, companies like, Oh, we can't work together. It's like, why not? You know, if they benefit from it, we benefit from it. The fans benefit from it. Then you know that's then everybody wins. You know, so uh, no, it was one of my first um, aims was to to do some awesome stuff for New Japan because you know a lot of the, a lot of the towns that we run or the cities that we run shows at. Um, you know, I want to make sure we always come back and we have something new to offer them whether that be the debut of the pure title or the debut of the women's title, or we give them some talent that they haven't seen in their city before. Uh, we give them a match that they haven't seen. You know, myself versus Jerry White, they've probably never seen that before. We bring in wrestlers like Will Ospreay, who, you know, is, you know, pound for pound, probably the best wrestler in the world today, as much as it hurts me to say it. Um, you know, that that's that's going to draw in fans and that's going to keep their, their interest. Um, and at the same time, I know New Japan love, loves using our talents, you know, and I've always loved going out there. I've always had a strong place in my heart um, for New Japan. You know, if I, if I didn't have a dog and everything else, then maybe I'd be living in Japan wrestling there. But, uh, you know, it's, um, this is the best of both worlds with this working relationship. And I, like I said, I just think it's just something awesome for the fans. I knew coming into this job, I was like, okay, We've got Super Card of Honor. Like, it's called Super Card of Honor. We have got to give them a Super Card, right? So, what better way than to team up with New Japan and put on these dream match, you know, dream match scenarios and really, you know, give the fans something they've never seen before. And I think in this day and age, if you, if you really want to compete, if you really want to stand out, you've got to give the fans something they've never seen before. And I truly believe that show, if we were to run it that weekend, uh, Supercard of Honor, it would have blown everything else out that week's, you know, out, completely out of the water, completely. Uh, unfortunately, we'll never know now, but uh, no, I, I truly believe that was going to be an absolutely, um, you know, insane show. But like I said, we still have the opportunity uh, to do so. We just got to wait a little bit longer. And so another company that ROH has worked with um, off and on. Again, it, it seems to have been that relationship strengthened again once you came on board was the NWA. We obviously know that you and Nick Aldis uh, are close. 
Uh, talk a little bit about that relationship and where you see that go and how that benefits both companies. Well, you know, I really like the um, I really like the end of road product. Um, I think they've done a really good job in you know uh, standing out in, in kind of the the field that we're at, at the moment. Um, and you know they've done it with very limited resources. So you know, looking at a company like that, you know, we can we can learn a lot from them. You know, and uh, again, it's just that kind of those working relationships. There's so much we can do for the NWA in terms of you know giving them that spotlight, you know, we're on TV all over the country and, you know, putting that light on them is great for them. At the same time, you know, there's, there's a lot they can do for us as well. And I think what's been fun, obviously everything's on hold again, which is kind of a common theme in all my answers, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really cool to, um, they clearly have an audience that is, is different to what, you know, ours, but like, you know, when our guys go there, like I think, believe they had guys like the bouncers, uh, turn up NWA. They had uh, Flip Gordon, um, Dan Muff. Um, there's a there's a new audience that we're putting, you know, that spotlight on our talent. So hopefully, our guys rest up for NWA. Those fans watch it and they go, "Oh, these guys are awesome!" Like, okay, maybe I watch Ring of Honor now. So, you know, again, I feel like it's it's a benefit for all parties. Um, you know, and I had lots of big plans in store. You know, people love in the promotional stuff. Maybe we could run some big, you know, Ring of Honor vs NWA shows. And I think a lot of people would be interested in that. And I think um, there's a lot of similarities between the NWA and Ring of Honor. Um, you know, both of us uh, companies, you know, obviously the NWA has been around a lot longer, but we both have that kind of rich history, uh, both groundbreaking promotions. Um, <coughs> you know, that there's, there is a lot of uh, similarities between the company in terms of being more based on tradition and respect and everything else. So to me, it just seemed like a natural partnership to go in with the NWA and all my dealings with them have always been super good. So again, when I got into the role, uh, Ring of Honor was one of my first priorities to kind of make that uh, relationship strong again and where both parties could benefit from it. All right, very good. More with the villain, Marty Skrull, right after this short break. In 2020, make sure your vision is the same because ROH will be releasing its archive of all of its historic content, including me winning the tag team titles, <laughs> me winning the television title, get out of town, me winning the six man title, you don't say, and me winning the world title at Madison Square Garden. So don't be a Melvin and join Honor Club today. Welcome back to the ROH Strong Podcast. I'm Kevin Eck. I'm here with the villain, Marty Earl. Right before we went to the break, we talked about ROH's working relationship with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, with the NWA. Uh, there's another company out there that I think people are wondering, could they ever work together? And I know in wrestling, we always say, right, every question, you say never say never. Uh, Marty, do you think there's a chance that ROH and AEW would ever work together, even if it was uh, for a one-off? Do you, do you see that happening at any point? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see why not, you know, it would just have to be a matter of timing and, you know, a matter of kind of like I spoke about previously, just where it would benefit both companies. But, um, you know, like I said, I have a, you know, uh, obviously an amazing relationship with, uh, the Bucks, especially, I still talk to them on a regular basis. I have a pretty good relationship with, um, Tony Khan. And I think, you know, both parties, uh, are definitely willing to work with each other. It's just a matter of, you know, <clears throat> timing, I guess, like when it would be suitable to do so. Um, 
So it's definitely something I would rule out for sure. I'm not saying anything will happen. I'm just saying I wouldn't rule it out. There's no reason uh, why we wouldn't. It's just needs to, you know, the timing needs to be correct. It needs to be a fitting situation for us to work together. I'd, I'd, I'd personally like to see it happen at some point. So you are saying never say never. Never say never. Yeah. So that sounds like a cop out answer, but it really is. True. No, no, no. <laughs> the way you answered it was very, was very honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another event that was unfortunately canceled uh, for Ring of Honor uh, was the Quest for Gold, the tournament to crown a new Ring of Honor Women's. I know. Oh, I was so excited for that as well. <laughs> fans were that was. I know I was. That was scheduled for April twenty fourth. Um, well, uh, let me just ask this. Obviously, we're coming back at some point. I, I'm assuming we'll have that Quest for Gold tournament at some point down the line. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Will there be more focus on the women's division once we are back up and running? Do you, is that one of her, uh, not, yeah. that, not that we weren't focused on it before, but do you think there'll be maybe like kind of a renewed emphasis on it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, if you look to the list of, uh, of talent that was signed for Quest of Gold, like you know, there's some really exciting talents that I was, you know, really, really, uh, looking forward to seeing and seeing how they'd fit into Ring of Honor. Um, you know, guys like uh, Kellyanne from Australia, um, you know, who we signed, um, Miranda, Miranda Elise, a bunch of them. I uh, was super excited to see. We bring it back Katie Lee, which I thought would have been, you know, really cool to see. Um, but no, I was, uh, you know, I was really excited to, uh, to have um, that women's tournament. And I think it would have put an amazing spotlight on them. But no, I think moving forward, um, you know, because another thing I, I want to happen as well with Ring of Honor, not to digress, but I pro wrestling has always made like the world heavyweight championship seem like the most important championship, but I want to make all of our championships important. I want to make them all at the same level. You know, if when you look at something like UFC or boxing, they don't have one, you know, it's not the heavyweight belt, which is the main belt, like all the belts in the main belts. You know what I mean? They're all at the same level. And I don't see why we can't do that with pro wrestling. So there's no reason why, you know, we have a, we have a show why, you know, the tag titles can't be the main event or the six man titles can't be the main event or the women's title can't be main event or the TV title or the pure title. That's what I'd like to get to where all these levels, all these, sorry, belts, all these titles are all at the, uh, the same, you know, on that same level where they're all, as important as is each other and not just the one, you know, important title. And I think, you know, with this tournament, we really could have had some, you know, awesome main events uh, flying over the women's title. Um, I also, you know, something we started to implement as well, where it was sort of time and, you know, time and place was the idea of intergender wrestling. And, you know, whether that be in mixed tag matches or mixed six-man tag team matches, just, uh, you know, finding the right, time and places uh to have these matches on the card and and giving the you know the, the woman more of a spotlight um so it's definitely something that i'm you know looking forward to implementing in the future um you know we have we have some great women's wrestlers like we really do and i'm you know that's something i was very proud of booking that tournament you know i looked at it and uh, i was very proud of uh you know what we were about to put on um but no, they're definitely going to have more of a spotlight moving forward. Well, you took, uh, you actually answered one of my next questions, which was like, the next question here on my list was about intergender wrestling, because I know that's, um, it's something Ring of Honor hasn't done a whole lot of, and mm. it's clearly something that's hot um, in the business right now. 
And I think we've got some uh, some people to do it with, right? I think certainly Maria Manet kind of jumps out. I mean, she's got Maneater tattooed across her midsection, for God's sake. <laughs> got to get her in there with cement. And I think we've all, obviously you've already done that. Uh, she had a great spot in the Battle Royal. Um, she's had some issues with Bully Ray. So I think that's something people can really look forward to. Did, did you like that Battle Royal, by the way? I love that battle royal. Yeah, I love that battle royal. <laughs> Very. Of course, you yeah. loved it. You booked it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no, but you know, I, I lay things out, but it's up for the you know, it's down to the talent to 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 make it happen. They they all did such an awesome job. I was super proud of that. Um, not, that well, not that I'm blowing smoke up your butt, Marty, but I, I do like that it told stories in the battle. Yes, royal. and that, that's uh, what I want to do. I, yeah. I want to tell stories, and you know, the, you know. In the gender wrestling, there's all these like different opinions and stuff, but ultimately, what it comes down to is, you know, is telling stories. And if you know, we can use that to tell stories, then you know, I don't see why not. And, and like again, without sounding too cliche, I'm you know, I'm always kind of wanting to give the fans what they want. If there's a demand for intergender wrestling, then you know, we will do it. And I don't see too many of the bigger companies doing it, so. If it's something we can do that will help us stand out, then you know why not? Yeah, you know, in the day, like I think, uh, in the gender wrestling, you can you can tell a different um, story, um, you know, and there's so many good women's wrestlers now. Um, yeah, there's a time and a place for it, but uh, no, it's definitely something I was looking into uh, moving forward with Ring of Honor. Right. I think it's all just my opinion. I think it's all in the execution, like with anything, right? Like I know some people may have an issue with, well, it's not believable, um, but I, I think you can't just use a broad brush. It's a case like exactly. Yeah. And a manic in there, you know, exchanging chops with Silas Young or whoever, or bully, whatever. I, I actually believe that she can. Oh, hold. for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, she makes you believe, you know what I mean? So exactly. uh, I don't want to be chopped by her. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, I noticed you weren't in that battle royal. No, so. I yeah, I stayed clear. <laughs> but no, it, it, like you said, it's it's in the execution, and there's so there's such interesting uh, stories you can tell with that dynamic. So you know, why not? I'm all you know, I'm all for it. Marty, only uh, a few more questions uh, for you. You've been obviously uh, very generous with your time here. I, I have to ask you about uh, PCO uh, Carl, as, as we call him. Um, that was just look. I, we all know the business is is a work, and and titles are awarded. They're not necessarily quote unquote won. But I was there that night at at final battle. Um, I was there backstage when Carl came through the curtain. I mean, that was a real legitimate emotional moment. Um, can you just talk? I mean, you were there for that. Obviously, you're close with Carl. Like, can you just talk about what that was like the night PCO got that, and and like what your feelings were. That, that with the way it went down and, and just his reaction to it and the way everyone backstage reacted to it. Yeah, well, you know, f for me, it's all, you know, running these uh, pay-per-views, it's always been a case of creating moments and, you know, making people connect. And then, like, I thought, for me, we should not be running a pay-per-view where, you know, afterwards, you know, there isn't something big that happens on the show where everyone's talking about, you know? I feel like every pay-per-view, we need something big to happen where the fans are buzzing and they're excited and they can't wait to see what's going to happen next time, you know? So I think what is, you know, I tell, I talk about making stories like what a, what an awesome story that is, you know, 52 year old man wins 
the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship after 30 years of wrestling or whatever it might be. You know, the man that was in a tag team back in the day with the Quebecers and then, you know, feuded with Bret Hart in the mid-90s. And then for him to, you know, make this big comeback, this big resurgence in wrestling, really capturing the imagination of the fans and wrestlers alike, you know, him going on to win the world title, um, you know, it was... It's just such an awesome story uh, and people can connect with it. You know, I think people um, really, you know, despite being a man that's, you know, got a car battery for a heart, like people can connect with him. You know, that, that, that's a great story. And it's like, it's not like, you know, it's believable as well. You know, uh, Carl, you know, or PCO, sorry, he, he earned that spot and, uh, you know, he's put his body on the line for, you know, not just for this company, but for the business as a whole and, you know, for the fans enjoyment. And, you know, I think he's real true testament to, you know, if you put, you know, your time and effort into something like you'll, you'll reap the benefits, you know, it might, it might've taken him, you know, 30 years to win the world title, wherever it may be, but, uh, you know, inevitably he deserved it. And inevitably he's at the, uh, the prime of his career, the peak of his career, you know, and, uh, no, I was super happy for, for PCO, um, you know, I was what that was the person that brought PCO into a Ring of Honor in the first place, um, and you know, I always had a lot of faith in him. I just thought, like, what an intriguing character. You know, if you speak to PCO, he's such a, such an, you know, <laughs> interesting character. Um, so no, I think he fully deserved uh, to win the world title. I think the fans deserved to get that moment. He deserved to have that moment with the fans, and I honestly think, like, you know, <laughs> it was a great way to end the year. Uh, 2019 of uh, sort of PCO dethroning Roosh for the title. Um, so no, I'm super prou proud of PCO. I'm excited to see what he does next. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's to me, it's all about creating moments, creating special moments. And PCO winning the world title without a doubt was a very special moment. No question. Well, Marty, uh, I'm going to ask you a, a kind of the stereotypical question that every wrestler gets asked. Uh, this Eric question of, do you have a favorite match that you've had in Ring of Honor, uh, or maybe a few that really stand out that you'd like? Oh, mm. good question. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, top of my head, um, in terms of like, it might not have been like the best match, but maybe like a favorite. Uh, when we did the, uh, the Jericho Cruise uh, a year or two back, and uh, the last night was, uh, let me remember this correctly, myself, Kenny Omega, and Cody teaming up against uh, Chris Jericho and the Young Bucks. But on, at nighttime, <laughs> in the middle of a cruise ship was just so cool. You know, the whole top deck was just absolutely packed. It was pitch black outside. We had the, uh, the spotlights on us. And it was just like, yeah, just super duper insane. Do you know what I mean? The concept of it um such a unique situation and i kind of thought to myself wow like how did i find myself where did i go in life where i found myself like <laughs> on a cruise ship you know wrestling someone i used to watch on tv you know as a kid um you know in front of thousands of people uh yeah it was just such a unique and cool situation no uh, like yeah that kind of stands out at the top of my head uh not necessarily again for the match but mainly just for the you know the circumstance and everything else i just thought that was like super cool do you know what i mean absolutely i, I tell you what jericho is going to love hearing that you used to watch him when you were a kid 
Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he knows. <laughs> I used to have his action figures, you know, and play with them. So it's kind of funny how it kind of comes around, you know. Absolutely. Well, Mark, <laughs> wrap things up. Uh, we do a little thing on uh, ROHWrestling.com that we call Ten Questions, and uh, they're not exactly hard-hitting questions. Uh, these are very light-hearted questions. So, would you would you be so kind to play Ten Questions with us? Sure. Why not? And it is now time for 10 Questions with Kevin. Okay, question number one. If you had to be quarantined with just one member of Villain Enterprises, who would it be and why? I think it's got to be Brody King. <laughs> okay. It would have to be Brody. I, I, think, uh, I think being quarantined with Flip Gordon would uh, probably drive me insane. Um, <laughs> but you got took Japan. By storm. Yeah, we did. I don't know if we'd take the quarantine by storm. <laughs> I think having, having to babysit him in uh, Japan was enough. I don't know if I could do it full time. No. Uh, so I don't think he'd be flip. And, uh, you know, PCO gets a little crazy. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I'm not sure how that would end up us being stuck together. So I feel like Brody King, he's, he's a great chef. So oh. I think that would, yeah, that makes him stand out amongst everyone else. It's going to have to be Brody King for sure. Okay. Wow, when Brody King is the normal one, that tells you... Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm the normal one. Yo, you're the best one. Uh, question number two. Is it true that Marty Skrull's biggest muscle is his heart? Or is that just some cheesy line you used on a dating show? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you got to plead the fifth? I have no idea what you're talking about, Kevin. Next question. <laughs> Guys, uh, <laughs> you can YouTube it. Okay, uh... Number, question number three, the villain. You're the booker now, Marty. You're the, you're, you're the booker for this one. Dream match, the villain, and party Marty. Who goes over and why? And oh, how, I should say. The, the villain uh, every single time by uh, multiple broken fingers, I think. Party Marty has a lot of babyface fire, though. I've seen this guy. He does have a lot of fire, but he, he, he won't be able to do too much when, you know, when all 10 of his fingers are broken. So oh, that's, that's, <laughs> I better move on or I'll have some broken fingers. <laughs> question number four. The greatest boy band of all time is? Oh, good question. Um, oh, that's a tough one. It's, uh, I'd say maybe it's a toss up between uh, Backstreet Boys and uh, Boyzone. Hmm. Okay. I got to uh, tell you, as an aside, when you did uh, Avril Lavigne's, uh, what was the name of that song? It's Complicated. Is that what Complicated, yes, yeah. Marty, you brought a tear to my eye. You really, <laughs> it was uh, very emotional. Yeah, yeah. That was a <laughs> bit of my part of my career when I was uh, trying to break out in the, uh, the singing world. But uh, no, yeah. that's, I'm retired from that now. Yeah, actually. I know you had that big contract and then it fell through. Uh, exactly, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right, question five. Uh, during your days as a wrestling fan, before you got into the business, who was your favorite wrestling villain? Uh, villain? Well, there's a handful. I think, um, you know, Terry Funk stick, uh, sticks out uh, mm. from the get-go. Massive fan of uh, Terry Funk. Um, Bret Hart, when he went through that sort of heel run back in the sort of mid to late 90s. I just absolutely <laughs> love Bret Hart. Uh, the Rock during that hero run was, you know, take a lot of influence from, uh, and I guess main, probably my biggest one, I'd say, uh, Roddy Piper. There's probably loads of guys I'm forgetting, but uh, yeah, I was a massive fan of uh, Roddy Piper and someone I've kind of tried to like, you know, take a lot of things from and, uh, 
yeah, I really looked up to Roddy Piper. Absolutely. Uh, number six, we know that uh, all all wrestlers need to keep themselves in shape, but every once in a while you have to cheat a little bit. So what is your favorite cheat food? Um, I had Taco Bell a couple nights ago. That was pretty pretty good. <laughs> so okay. uh, I'd like Taco Bell. Um, hmm. I try not to eat too much junk food, if I'm honest with you. We have a place called Nando's in the UK, but I don't know if you necessarily count it as uh, junk food, but... Uh, Nando's is certainly one of my favorite sort of fast food places. Okay. Number seven, what's something about you that would surprise people? Mm. No, about you. I, I have like a, um, I was in a uh, motorbike accident um, like many, many years ago. Um, and I got hit, had, had a collision with a car. And um, I got my leg like really smashed up. And I actually have like a chunk missing in my leg now on my, uh, on my calf, which had like skin grafts on it and everything else where they removed some skin uh, from the back of my leg and put it over it. And so, yeah, you don't see it when I wrestle because it's, you know, my, my ring boots and knee pads cover it up, but I do have like a little chunk missing from my leg. <laughs> well, I, I definitely did not know that. Have no, you ever, there we go. <laughs> What's that, sorry? Have you ever talked about that before? Um, I think possibly. Every oh. now and then, like, well, we had no one... Every now and then I'll be wearing, you know, gym shorts and someone like, what? what the hell is that on your leg, Martin? I have to explain. But normally I say it's a shark bite because it actually looks like a shark bite. Um, but no, the truth is I was in a motorbike accident. <laughs> so be safe on those bikes, please. Yes. Do you still ride? Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah, learned your lesson from that one. Okay. Was, absolutely, yeah. Okay, now question number eight. Which actor would play you in the Marty Scurll story? Oh, um, great question. Um, what is the, uh, um, the guy's name who, um, I've been watching a bunch of his movies. I've gone blank. The guy who plays Joker now. Uh, Joe Queen Phoenix. Oh yes. Yes. Joaquin I've a, yeah. I've been watching a bunch of his movies lately and I actually say I got bored during quarantine a few weeks back and I, uh, I shaved my trademark beard off just as a temporary thing, just to see how it looks. <laughs> Fortunately, it's grown back like right away. Um, but uh, a lot of people said that, uh, yeah, that I look like him. So maybe he could play me in the movie. Yeah, that's not a bad choice. Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. <laughs> See that. Okay, question number nine. You're up, we're almost done, Marty. Question number nine. Who is your celebrity crush? Um, maybe uh, Scarlett Johansson, maybe. Oh, I was, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, or Jennifer Anderson from Friends, I guess, growing up was a big one. Oh, okay, Into the Cougar, right? She's a <laughs> I guess. No, yeah, Jennifer Anderson and, uh, yeah, Scully Hansen, I'd say. Okay. All right, Marty, the final question in 10 questions. What's the worst question you've ever been asked in an interview? Um, there's that question that comes up a lot where it's like, uh, actually, well, I was going to say the question um, where they say, oh, would you rather fight 10 duck-sized horses or, you know, one horse-sized duck, which always seems silly to me. <laughs> or there's a question like, like, oh, you know, uh, were you a fan of wrestling? Were you a fan of wrestling? You know, before you got into it, and it's like, what type of question is that? It's like, no, I hated wrestling. I just got into it because my parents forced me. Because you know, the amazing uh, money you make and the opportunities you get. Like, come on, you know, <laughs> like, were you a fan growing up? Like, come on, of course I was. <laughs> All right, well, Marty, before we wrap things up, any uh, we've covered a lot of ground here. I appreciate you for being so generous with your time. Uh, any final words uh, before we sign off for the Ring of Honor fans? 
Yeah, I just want to say, um, you know, thank you so much uh, to the Ring of Honest fans. Uh, continuous support. Um, it's a really, you know, rough time now, a time of sort of uncertainty. Um, but our fans have always been, you know, very loyal to us. Um, and, you know, I just, I just really, really appreciate it. And, you know, I'm so excited to share all these new um, moments with the fans. So uh, please keep supporting us. Um, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to give back to the fans. And, uh, yeah, like, we'll get through this together. And, um, you know, we'll stop. We'll, we'll come back with a bang. So, no, I'm very excited. All right. Well, Marty, thanks again. You were a great uh, first guest on the podcast. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, keep it locked into ROHwrestling.com and ROH's social media channels, at Ring of Honor on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor on Facebook, for news of when future episodes of the ROH Strong podcast will be available. Stay safe, everyone, and let's all be ROH Strong. <laughs>